Well, we, you knew we couldn't miss quota two months in a row. So we just all decided to meet up and hit the record button today for a space heater on this Sunday morning, February 25th, 2024. Uh, it, it's, um, it's four or five of us. So Mike, Kevin, Mo, James, we're all here just just to just to greet each other good morning on this Sunday morning have our have our obligatory coffees before we go about our day for lack of a better idea we, honestly to those of you who will be listening uh, out there those few of you who will choose to listen we didn't really have too much planned but needless to say there have been things that have caught our attention and before the day gets uh, too busy for any of us, maybe there's just a couple things we um, that we, we did want to bring up that caught our attention. And then we can kind of look ahead to to later on, and when we eventually tape episode eighty nine. So, what do you guys want to talk about? I mean, I, I don't know about y'all, but like, what's up with all this weather, man? Seriously. <laughs> Well, it's cold today, but it was warm. It, it was quite warm earlier in the week, right? Uh, got to, got over 10 degrees, or almost 10 degrees, right? I was going to say, Mo, you wanted it yeah. to be like minus 14 feeling like minus 20 during the day and then get up to uh, 9 during the night. Is that how you wanted it a few days ago? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was really cold. Yeah, for yeah. non-metric listeners, it's like going from 100 degrees Fahrenheit to minus 100 back to 100. The biggest roller coaster um, ever. Let's call it, let's call it going from 30 from to 20, from the twenties to the, the fifties back to the twenties. Just to, just to go with the Imperial scale. Not totally sure though. That's uh, totally accurate, but um, let's, let's put it, uh, let's put it that way, right? Uh, below freezing noticeably and then noticeably above it. Spring, spring to very cold winter again. To spring to very cold winter. That's sort of been. That's going to be the weather story for Toronto in the next week. But there you go. Uh, okay. I think what. Well, um, I, I guess for lack of a better choice of words, this we'll just go through a couple of the headlines that did catch our attention this week. So I guess some uh, items in brief bullets, for lack of a better, uh, better past term. And go with that. Okay, we're, 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 um, one thing that uh, one thing that caught everybody's attention this week. Just something that uh, caught everyone's attention this week. I mean, for me personally, I don't know if all you heard, but like Netflix released a new show, the, the Avatar: Last Airbender, and that was uh, oh, that, 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 that was something there. You you say that with such uh, disdain. I, I get the feeling. I just uh, I feel I feel bad. Especially for for Paul, he's the guy from Kim's Convenience. He does such a good job in all the roles he's in, but then just gets like I feel so bad. Like he, he's in it. Guy who played Appa. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he, wow. He's he's uh, he's, he's uh, he plays one of the main characters in the in the show, and it's just he he puts on such a performance, and it's just like you deserve better than this, man. <laughs> 
See, uh, you're making it sound like when we talk about recent uh, recent adaptations, which part of the which extreme are we talking about, or which part of the scale are we talking about? The One Piece scale, or are we going to the One Piece side of the equation, or the Cowboy Bebop side of the equation? I, I love how I love how that's the scale now. The scale is either your Cowboy Bebop or your One Piece. No in between. You know, just either those two extremes. And unfortunately, this kind of falls on the Kyle Webob side, you know? it's uh, Yeah, but am I being accurate when I say that? Oh, no, Is you that are. a fair, you are. fair way to say it, to start to explain it? Yeah, and maybe some people, your feelings at the very least. And what could be, I don't know, I haven't taken a look at it yet, so. I mean, I, 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 I don't want to get too, too into it, because I feel like there's going to be, like, discussion later on, especially when Amy comes back. Um, but, you know, it's, it's um, disappointing, to say the least. Okay. Kevin, what caught your attention? One thing. Or do you want to go last? Because I know we were just talking before we started. And Well, I've just been watching the Nichi Sanji situation happening over the past week and two, and it's... <laughs> it looks bad. Like, it's, it's just fascinating to see how when you're caught with your pants down that you just double down and and you keep on going with with how I mean to be fair Kevin how far down were they could they have gone even further down some of the blame away from yourself well you thought they hit rock bottom but they kept going down but I feel like I feel like making your contractors or in this case your talent to issue a statement about your other talent that you fired, that you terminated, having this happen at the same time when she's streaming under her new persona, or her pre-existing persona, I should say. And we kind of didn't mention that, so her... Whether it's pre-existing or not, she's now under Doki Bird, I believe, is what she's going under now. And she she was under Doki Bird before she joined Niji Sanji, but you do it during the same time that she's streaming on purpose, and you make your talents issue a statement, which then makes them look bad. Not and it's not deserved, at least so far as we can tell. Because who knows if if there really was bullying within the talents. We don't know who that is, but fans and anti-fans will continue to speculate on that. And you've basically implicated that your other talent have read over documents that are meant to be only be read by lawyers. That's a big one. That last one could be a big one. Because one is the, the one's PR, the other could be procedural. That's the part that, uh, like, to actually kind of reveal a little bit of the um, litigation in some form. And then shortly after, the CEO does an apology video. For what? Exactly. That's it? That's it just doesn't one. feel sincere. Okay. It was just a normal YouTube uh, apology video, right? Yeah. 
That was definitely like a, oh shit, we got caught, we gotta do more damage control to mitigate our previous attempt at damage control. So it's like attacks on attacks. <laughs> In some ways. I feel like it's evident that because this is the first time they've been caught, that they don't know how to react to it well. Or the first time that they've been called out uh, so publicly on such, yes. a, such things. Because right? previous they, I mean, this, talents like, have been terminated. People get fired all the time. Yes. They, they weren't graduated, they were terminated, and and they were able to successfully orchestrate it so that the perception was that it was the VTubers' fault. That they broke the rules and it wasn't us. And that's what they're trying to do now, really. And that's what they're trying to do now, but it's not working this time. From the sounds of it, I don't know what their stock price is now, but as of a week ago, it had dropped 10%. To the moon, Mo. To the moon. <laughs> but... Oh, dude, you, you gotta buy the dip now, man. Everyone's gonna buy that dip. Buy low. But truth be told, I do think that long-term, this will fizzle out, and they will yeah. continue on their way. It's uh, like whether... any other bad PR, really, for any company. Although, I do expect some settlement to happen. I don't think they will want to drag this out too long. I don't think either of them want this to be dragged out for too long. Uh, do you think Doki, Doki saves face? Well, she's always been trying to save face for I think both of them. For... Because she constantly said that, oh, well, I she just wanted to move on. Mm -hmm. and And she's unable to right now. <laughs> Because she was streaming at the same time as that Niji Sanji announcement made by the three other talents. And it's funny because Niji Sanji did that on purpose. They scheduled it at that time on purpose. Yeah, what, but one-upping each other is such a common thing, though. Trying to one-up each other like that. Sounds, it's just it, so it, it very like, petty as an no, organization. It, it, I was about to say it's a dickish thing to do. It's a very dick thing to do. Right? And it got Doki's fans to spam her on her chat during stream of that this was happening too. Yeah, what a distraction. Sounds yeah. like it would be a hell of a distraction. It sounded like she really wanted to talk about other stuff. I mean, this is just a guess. Having not, not observed uh, like you obviously you're more observing of this than I am so it's I don't know it's it's just interesting to see this unfolding as it does as it's yeah. happening I yeah who knows what's gonna happen I I'm anticipating a settlement though of some sort but who knows uh, settle for what like Settle for what, though? I feel like I feel like she has grounds to sue at this mea point. Like a mea culpa, of, a public mea culpa of some sort. No, I expect that because, like, 
legal documents that has her personal information and probably her health records were shared, she has grounds to sue. No, not necessarily publicly, but with other part with third parties, like they were probably in that in that. Uh, no, she first- just sue any color. Mm-hmm. Is how I would see it. Okay, but but uh, ongoing hey, story, ongoing hey. story. So there was even a lawyer on YouTube that broke down the situation and gave his thoughts on what courses of action could or could not happen. So send me the link, please. We'll see what happens. Oh, I think in one of those links I gave you, there might be a link to that lawyer video too. Okay, cool. That, that works. Okay. Um, that's all you got to mention on that. I'd say that's all I have to say on the matter. Okay. Um, I follow Milky Bird now <laughs> on right? Twitch. Sorry, I follow Doki Bird now on Twitch. Well, uh, hey, that's part of saving. She stays saving face, I think. Like, I mean, she's she. I mean, I mean, she's made she's made herself look, despite everything that's happened. I mean, she's looking okay in this. I think right now. Oh, Just, more than okay. Yeah, she yeah. has since done some collabs with some very big VTubers lately as well. So. This might have been her so, trying to get some merch made in a hurry. She's and, doing she's doing all she could uh, at this point to keep herself going, and the, it, it, I mean, it's turning out to have a fair, a good silver lining for her. Mm-hmm. Right now. So, yeah, James, one thing you want, one thing that caught your attention this uh, over the past week or so. Uh, I guess if there was one thing to catch my attention, it was actually. This week, and I know Kevin saw it too, and then another one I saw a few weeks ago, two uh, announcements of things coming into uh, English language that I think a lot of people didn't think were going to come over. And I guess the first one from a few weeks ago, uh, we knew Tsukihime was finally going to work its way over to the Switch and to uh, PS4 and I believe to PC as well later this year, but supposedly as well later this year. Supposedly later this year, um, Type Moon announced that Fate Stay Night will be coming over to Switch, PC, and uh, they didn't say anything about PlayStation, but just Switch and PC for Fate Stay Night. And uh, that's a big thing because I think a lot of people weren't sure that would ever happen. Obviously, it's not going to be the Dojin version and stuff like that, the 18 plus version. They admitted and said that, yes, this game is based on the Fate Stay Night uh, Vita version, I believe, which is uh, Fate Stay Night uh, Realta Nua, I believe that version. But it's still going to be probably the best way to uh, support Fate Stay Night, and it's still going to be a very good release. And uh, it'll add some maybe, uh, you know, I mean, um, an idea of what the original version was compared to what a lot of people have uh, probably seen it in, which is the anime form and maybe even some of the manga forms that have been out there. Yeah, hmm. they've they've gone legit in the past like ten plus years. So expecting any of the eighteen plus scenes to be in any physical release was not realistic anyway. Yeah, and no, it's like it's funny what people will say and stuff like that but i'm intrigued that 
they're going to do Tsukihime and Fate in the same uh, year and stuff like that. So that's big too. It's probably going to be December is my uh, guess because they have to do Tsukihime in summer. But the other thing is we know that people are going to still turn out for Fate Stay Night, even if they're going to price it the same as Tsukihime. And Tsukihime for physical in Canada is $115 before tax. And they know people will be there. And I bet they'll do the same thing for Fate Stay Night. You'll have the digital versions and stuff like that, but you're going to have that premium physical edition probably in a nice little box and an art book and then the physical game itself. And I bet people still turn out. And yeah, it's the Aniplex uh, pricing, but they obviously know people will be there for those games and stuff like that. And then uh, another, uh, just quickly, another premium one. And uh, going back way into the classics, very far back, uh, Ashita no Joe. Supposedly Kodacha, yeah. Kodacha announced that this week. And they said, uh, actually, it was interesting, their statement. Uh, saying that uh, Kodansha believes that the manga market is maturing as well as looking for past manga classics that have never been translated into English. So it sounds like uh, they are now seeing, is this going to stick to the wall? Is this going to work? And so they went with one of the biggest classics they have, which is Ashita no Jo. And remember, this is from way back in basically was it 1968 to 1973 so a long time ago and the other thing is and i know they were saying some people were complaining about price but i think they priced it right they were going for what i would call the tcaf market and for people uh, that are older and they're doing eight oversized hardcover editions and it's going to be similar to say dark horses berserk oversized ones or similar to uh, the Vinland Saga ones that have, like not just the the like a premium hardcover like the or just a no okay, no this is a premium extra hardcover. premium because it's fifty nine ninety five US per yeah so it's fifty nine ninety five per volume and it's going to be eight volumes and the first volume will be out uh, in December but it's similar in line as I said to Dark Horse doing the Berserk oversized ones and then the Vinland Sog oversized ones that have started to come out this year from uh, Kodanchen. I think if anyone said, well, what's the next one uh, oversized premium edition Kodansha would do uh, after Vinland Saga, I don't think anyone had uh, Ashita no Joe on their bingo card. But people, are, I'm sure, are happy to hear about this. This is one of those, like, it is, it is a benchmark title. When it comes to the fandom, when it comes to the history of the fandom, right? Mm -hmm. And we have had other titles and stuff like that before, but never to this degree and stuff like that. And like Lupin the Third has been out there. Tokyo Pop released a lot of it. The ones that Seven Seas done was a best of for the two collections they did. But we Mm -hmm. haven't had this premium of a thing uh, done for a classic title. Like this is the ultra premium edition. Yeah, and a lot of people who, a lot of the old taku, a lot of those who are into the retro stuff, this is one of those bucket list titles to have seen, I, to see now. And I don't think they're going to be complaining about the price. They'll uh, no, probably is... take a look at, and you never know, as I like to say, some of those ones that they do for TCAF, where it's like the people that like uh, arts, comics, and 
different yes. uh, type of things. It has that kind of crossover appeal to them and stuff like that. And they may be willing to uh, pay the price. And then for any of the people that are younger complain about the price, they did say there is going to be digital releases. So they still have that option to get it through digital release. Well, I can just imagine people slapping down their wallets now. Or it, it, there's a scene in Ranma, in the Ranma OAVs, when Kuno wants to buy something. He'll slap the, uh, he'll literally slap the uh, store owner with a wad of bills in the face. And then, and then the stammered store owner will say, sold. And you never know. There may be some curious people that enjoyed uh, Megalobox, uh, the two series and stuff like that, that uh, had been uh, out there and maybe say, well, how, uh, where did this originally come from? Because remember, those were re-inspirations of Ashita Nojo and stuff like that. Well, yeah. And as I said, this is a key, this is a key title to, to be able to, to bring out because there's, there's a lot of history uh, surrounding that title. So but those are two titles. I think a lot of people said, uh, "Yeah, they're they're just not going to happen," uh, and they're happening uh, this year for both of them at the end of the year mm. for a video game uh, visual novel franchise and uh, for a manga franchise. Yeah, there you go. Those are good ones. Okay, my turn then. Is is it my turn to put up one headline that caught my attention this week? I, I believe so, Mike. What what, 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 what caught your attention? It's not really within the last week. I think it's been more than a week, but Animigo. There isn't much to really add to this. It's just earlier this, or how long ago was this? It was on the 15th. 15th. Okay, so, so on we, the 15th. Or so uh, 10 days ago. Um, 10 days ago, Justin Savakis announced that, or it was announced that Justin Savakis and his Media OCD production house is about it has agreed to purchase Animigo, and I think there were some joint statements. Robert Woodhead, in not so many words, said he felt Justin was um, capable of moving their legacy forward. Yeah. So, and any Kickstarters that are outstanding, they they will be honored. And actually, uh, Robert Woodhead and um, and Natsumi Ueki, his wife will actually be on the head of that. They'll personally see to the, to the Kickstarters as um, they'll stay on to see to that as their retirement gig. Right? Yeah. It's, it's an interesting thing because how people came out on this one. And I guess it's because they've had the news about Crunchyroll going on verbatim and stuff like that. But this is how normal uh, business is done and stuff like that, because either that or it, you never know. Sometimes you don't find a buyer and the business could just die. But in this case, luckily, it was just a husband and wife business. And I'm sure given, um, oh, what was it for uh, Robert Woodhead? Remember, uh, it wasn't Ultima. What one was? It? No, was it um, the one video game, remember, that he was involved in back in the 80s and stuff like that? Um, so that was his other uh claim to fame remember so i'm sure he has you know, yeah i know what you're talking about it's just i forgot oh uh co-creator of the iconic wizardry rpg franchise. yes that's what i was saying so wizardry and stuff like that and so i know there was a lot of back and forth on that and that has been cleared and stuff like that so hopefully he's probably getting royalties from that and then as he joked he said 
anime ego is kind of like his side gig that they've been doing for so many years and stuff like that. Yes, and Wood, but, Woodhead, Woodhead, it's it's worth noting. Woodhead's very well off. Yeah, so. and the other thing, so uh, they were saying that uh, this probably had been in the works since Otakon of this year. They were talking about the different things and stuff like that, and obviously Justin's going to get him the payments and they're going to figure out a way to transition and it's going to be one of the ones that I see normally whereas it's not an immediate transition. It's as you said, uh, Mike, it's a long-term transition where they're going to help Justin integrate anime ego into his business and stuff like that and then obviously they only have so many titles now and it'll work for Justin because it's not like he's going to have a huge catalog of titles to deal with. He'll only have a few to deal with and that'll help him too because as you probably saw at the bottom uh, and they had teased this end of last year, beginning of this year, basically um, for Media OCD, yes, they've done uh, a lot of film restoration. They've done production for Blu-ray discs and for digital uh, cinema and digital uh, releases and stuff like that for different companies like Anime Limited uh NIS America, and then obviously Discotech. But uh, they decided, I guess, they want to move a little beyond that. And I guess Justin's grown enough and stuff like that. And then uh, he has uh, David, I believe, helps him out. David, uh, oh, I forget his last name, but helps him out at Media OCD. And he has other people help him that he's been able to grow it to do actual releases. So his other thing, Whole Grain Pictures, which is a live action indie label. They announced their first uh, release for, uh, I want to say it's in a few months, but they announced it in January. And so he's going to be doing live action indie releases here and there and stuff like that, releasing them. And he had done a screening of that, I think, uh, a few weeks ago for that. So it kind of makes sense that Media OCD and Anime Ego would work well together if he's starting to actually produce releases and license things uh, himself and especially in mm-hmm. small quantities in the anime sphere it would work to have a different label but it would be a marriage of philosophies right to have yeah, that, that happen and that's, that's why point. it makes sense uh, yeah it does i, I mean overall I, I can't i can see the logic it's just my line was always okay so what does this mean for his, for justin's relationship with uh with discotech I think they, I think he said they they all already said that and because he supposedly uh, talked to Selby uh, when he got back to uh, at uh, Otacon because supposedly this was just like any other business uh, that transfers hands or is sold or changes hands in the uh, small business or uh, medium small medium sized business sphere it starts out with discussions and stuff like that and it started out with a discussion supposedly and then supposedly Justin. Uh, talk to Selby after at Oticon at uh, the table where they're selling it. And he says, well, that sounds great. It's like, maybe we can sell some of that stuff here at the table next time. Mm. So it's, it's, it's basically same as always and stuff yeah, like that. Like and probably, and as he said, the one, his first in um, live action under the whole grain uh, pictures thing, they had to set up the website and stuff like that. They still need to set up the website to sell it from there. But he said they had already have uh, their first release for that uh, label out on Amazon. He said, yeah, there's all these other things I'm trying to learn now about trying to sell something myself, about setting up all the business side and stuff like that. 
for that business and then for the transferring of the anime ego. And obviously it helps that Robert and Natsume are basically going to be there over the next many years to help him transition and stuff like that. They're still going to help him out with uh, Super Dimensional Fortress uh, Macross 2, which they're still going to have full control over. And then they said they may have two other Kickstarters that are in the bucket that they're going to have control over for Robert and Natsume and help him out with. Mm-hmm. So it, it sounds like a, some pause is something. It's interesting news to say the least. And it's not surprising it's, too, because they uh, had helped each other uh, out and stuff like that uh, in relation. Some of the discotheque uh, people caught drivers had done work for Robert on some previous Kickstars. And then Justin had done um, the retail release of Megazone, uh, for them and also did the last kickstarter uh, they did he did the um blu-ray uh, for that and also probably for this one with the 4k and the blu-ray of super dimensional fortress macross 2 i'm guessing he's probably working on that too so they had been helping each other continuously and then on the opposite side for yurtse yatsura the tv series the only reason they were able to get those four sets out as quickly as they did and speed run that was because Robert Woodhead helped them to get them all the materials for the subtitles and the fonts to make it look the same and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, well, there's always, and which underscores what I was going to say, there's, there's been a long relationship anyway, and it's been a friendly relationship. So maybe this was the next uh, logical step since, um, you know, and, I, yeah. and I think it's the thing of that, both probably uh, Robert and Natsume did want to continue and stuff like that if it could and stuff like that. It's just always that question in the back of your head, getting it into the right pair of hands and stuff like that. And it definitely feels like the right pair of hands, so to speak, that they share that philosophy and they can feel comfortable that it'll continue on for a many number of years. And even in a similar form and stuff like that, because they're not going to be out selling as many releases as uh, discotech and stuff like that, but it'll be similar to his whole grain uh, films uh, label and stuff like that, where they'll have maybe a few releases each year. And then there'll be titles that they want people to see and things they love and stuff like that to have them have a physical release to be out there that mm-hmm. haven't really been out there. And there you go. But as I said, that was the piece of news that caught my attention. As I said, this would be abbreviated, so I think we're almost done. Um, Before we go, one item in the community calendar. Uh, James and I did get a chance to see, go to Japan Foundation and watch 100 Yen, the video game documentary. Uh, Truth be told, um, I've known this for a little bit too, you can watch that documentary on YouTube right now. So we'll put a link up for that. But the whole talk on video games from the Japan Foundation Toronto is not over yet. On the weekend of... What's the weekend again? Actually, funny enough, Mike, the one thing we got to see that others didn't get to see is they actually had the director of that film, the 100 yen film, do um, a little uh, talk oh, yeah, before yeah. that, like a five-minute uh, spiel. And it was interesting him bringing it to the present and stuff like that but it's a nice one and as mike said if you want there is a version on youtube for 100 yen the documentary and as we said uh, community calendar march 8th march 9th march 10th they have uh, another documentary but this one 
you can watch virtually at home and it's across Canada, as they said, it's called living the game and stuff like that. And it's looking at the world of professional video gaming. And it also has, uh, Yumihara Daigo, the beast in it as well, just like what we saw in 100 yen there. Yeah. So as well, it's, so I think it's like, a and Japan foundation Toronto did refer to this as, uh, as a trio of events to talk about the, subject matter so with the talk and we'll, we'll go we'll go at length about the uh, about the lecture um back in the beginning of the month to this you're, you're looking at recent past uh or like recent past present and i guess some future when you talk about living the game too because we're talking about the competitive side and the esports side which is a fairly recent development when you think about it in comparison so how how video games and its um, its our interaction with it have evolved in in that time, right? Basically, a historical overview, and then actually kind of seeing where we're standing right now. And then that one for that documentary, the Living the Game one. That if they uh, want to watch it uh, on March eighth, ninth, or tenth, it's actually from uh, twenty seventeen, supposedly. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, is a bit older and obviously a lot of things have changed we've seen overwatch all that stuff but it's looking i believe at the street fighter scene uh in that essence so it'll be it, there's still pricing uh to see while watching and stuff like that and that one's yeah. uh 88 minutes supposedly and it's going to be available on a stream to anybody in canada such your such your vpns you just have to register though you just have to register we'll put the link on the website and uh, I guess we'll put it. We'll also uh, add it to the to the um, Twitter feed as well. Or hey, just uh, just uh, just Google Japan Foundation Toronto. It's not hard to find. Anyway, as I said, we we didn't have too much time today. We just wanted to at least do uh, talk about something just to get in uh, just to get in quota. So this is our second recording uh, uh, of the month. Yay, we met it. But um, it is a. You gotta admit, going back to the weather, Mo, it's nice out there. It's cold out there, though, but it's nice and bright and sunny. So maybe we should all get out and enjoy it just a little bit, or either that, or I'll uh, try my new um, video game headset, one or the other. But uh, that's about it for. Um, that's all we have really time for for this uh, for this Sunday morning. We all got to go about our day, and uh, you know. But if you want to check us out, uh, AnimeRoundtable.com is our launch page for everything we do online, whether it's our uh, blog, our, our podcast uh, podcast site, or eventually the uh, YouTube and Twitch channels. Yes, we are going to get to that within the uh, calendar year. Are we really? That's the plan. Trust me. I, I, I have He's got a plan. headset now, Kevin. What's he going to use yeah. that headset for? Well, I'm I'm just assigning what how, how what else to what else to do. As I said, uh, I did do uh, I did play um, do another uh, speed run of uh, Ratchet and Clank, another challenge mode run of Ratchet and Clank this week. See how fast I could finish it. How did it go? Got it done within the in an afternoon. Maxed out my weapons, so maybe I'll play it one more time. Right. I, I only I only have four trophies left to get. Uh, I only have yeah. 
four trophies left to get in the in the um, in that reboot. Uh, speed running the ra- the races and the and the obstacle course, and then throw um throw the disco bomb, whatever they call it. I forgot what's called. Or oh, remember that weapon. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, throw the uh, dis- uh, the d- d- disco laser or whatever they call it at every single enemy. Which I thought I did uh, last time I played through, but apparently I I didn't get credit for it yet. Those are my those are the four trophies I've yet to get. Last though, the first three are going to be the hardest, but uh, and the last one might be the most tedious to get. So, did they transition the in-game uh, achievements to the trophies? Because I guess I so, yeah. had them back in the day. I don't remember. I don't remember recall any in-game achievements, but these are trophies we're talking here. So I guess that's what they are now. Disintegrate mm-hmm. that. So, you know, I, I'm hoping to get... So I am this close to my first Platinum. Because yeah, I haven't played it since the PS2 days. Mm-hmm. So there, there's, there's my thought. And then I have to decide what I'll play next. And people can... For all I know, I don't, I don't know how, I'll, uh, how it'll be presented on the Twitch channel. I could just silently uh, stream it or put myself on on, on video to... Uh, as I'm playing as well, one well, or the other. What you want to do, really? Well, let's have a. That's what the experimenting for the much of the next little bit will be about. Anyway, as I said, animeroundtable.com. You can get the links to all of that, and on the blog, we'll put up a on the blog and the Twitter. We'll put up a links to most of the stuff we talked about here. Nice having coffee with you guys. Likewise, same here. So, uh, yeah. Um, let's uh, let's just get uh, get out there and see what else is out there, and make a date for next week. We'll tape episode eighty nine next week. A little more at length. We'll see Hopefully. how it goes. Yeah, cross your fingers. We'll try. Uh, we'll we'll make a promise to at least tape uh, episode eighty nine next time. Okay. Ho- hopefully, Sony's still around by that point, so we can keep making fun of them. They're too big to fail. I don't know, don't, man. Don't, don't, don't worry. Might have, Dude, might have done it for them. <laughs> don't, don't worry, Bo. Disney's helping them out because they're going to distribute Disney's own videos. Ah, damn. <laughs> just, just can't fail, huh? Just can't fail. Okay. Talk to you soon. Probably in March. Later. <laughs>